0: Everybody, and welcome to another episode of Kitchen Gods. Thank you for joining us again. This is episode 15. Michelle Dahl here again with Ken.
1: Hello. Ah. I can't believe it's 15 episodes already. 15. What, what's the 15th? I I should know this because I just have my 15th anniversary. It's like
0: uh, a crystal.
1: Crystal. I want to say that sounds right.
0: I think so. Because we're coming up on 17. Hmm. And for the 15th anniversary, I bought him, um, crystal beer glasses and some oh, whiskey glasses from Tiffany's. Um, that's cool. so now every year I go back and buy the replacement one for whatever, one he smashed that year. <laughs> 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 it's becoming an expensive habit, but it's really fun because I would never walk into Tiffany's. I don't have any need to, sure. um, but it's fun to go once a year and sit there and they're so nice to you. And they were, you know. They're just absolutely lovely it's like that's you know nice. $40 glass it's,
1: it's this was this while. this was our 15th uh anniversary and it was um and pandemic wise so we didn't you know I didn't really do any shopping although I, I restored a watch for her this, this, oh, this, neat. this classic watch that her dad used to wear it was pretty cool that was that that's was, very
0: cool yeah
1: but not I crystal time, I polished the crystal on the on the on the thing so there I, I followed, there you go yeah, there, there we go
0: that works. Cool. <laughs> so it's it's fifteen. I'm sorry, it's episode fifteen. I didn't episode get you anything. Fi- yeah, please. <laughs> Apologies.
1: <sighs> Record this. Sorry. Podcast, and all I got was the stinking nothing. <laughs> oh, I nothing. No. I get the pleasure of your company and knowledge from your research. Cool. Yeah.
0: Uh, so this one, um, for this week's episode, during my research, I was looking up something called Eagle Pass. Okay. Which is a um, It's a fort down in Texas. But when you first look it up, what comes up is Eagle Pass. Uh, It's a Facebook page and it's a campsite built by and for LARPers, live action role play people. Nice.
1: (laughs) Not knocking that. No. Okay. Yeah. Any particular genre of LARPing or or is it just open to all LARPing?
0: Open to all LARPing, but it looked like it was primarily Viking. One of the first images is a guy with a shaved head with lots of things drawn on it, and he's holding a giant kind of hammer, and it says, Hey, has anybody seen my hammer? I think i lost <laughs> it. <laughs> at one of the skirmishes, and I'm like this is what I want to do for my birthday. Man, so you funny. can rent all of these buildings um in this huge campground, and there's a, a giant field for smashing each other I guess for fighting and And whatnot they have it's yeah it's all heated and beautiful it's up in Wales Massachusetts so it's not even that far Mm. I'm totally into it and I think this would be an amazing I will like
1: I will I will check in with my cousin he does uh he does fencing and he does a lot of uh, he does some like uh, medieval um, reenactment stuff Uh Um, but uh, he's from Massachusetts and 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 if that, if that exists, he probably knows.
0: They even have a yeah. tavern. They have a giant full-scale tavern that your, you it. and your group <laughs> yeah. can take over. It just sounds like the, the most fun you could possibly... Have. We go That's to all the Renaissance cool. Fairs and stuff, but so this
1: year was disappointing. Yeah. No. Tuxedo, you go to one in Tuxedo, the, the big one? Yep. you yeah.
0: go to the one in Tuxedo. Minnesota has a really good one. We That's go there. Cool. Um, Up by the Renaissance Fair in New York, over by in Tuxedo, there's also someone who, who has these replica world war one uh biplanes Ooh. open cockpit biplanes and you can pay to to go in them
1: that's and he'll awesome. kill the
0: engine while you're up in the air that does I mean, not
1: sound awesome <laughs> you're, you're, it's
0: basically lawnmower powered it's you're really going slowly yeah like, this doesn't this defies all laws of physics but it's uh it's a blast so yeah so sadly that was not the eagle pass okay, <laughs> that what i we're was looking, looking for but
1: still nice little aside to, to i was very marping. excited yeah. to find out about it
0: yeah yeah, the Eagle Pass I was looking for is in Texas, and it's a border city that's between Mexico and the United States. It's one of like a handful, six to ten cities that's really halfway between Mexico and the United States. It's like okay. totally just it's a border town. It's near Piedras Negras and the Cahulla and Cahulia, Mexico. Okay, um, it's right across from the Rio Grande, and um, it was one of the first American settlements on the Rio Grande, Hmm. which was home to the Texas militia when they were there to make sure that there was no trade going on during the Mexican-American War. Okay. The US Army established Fort Duncan there in 1849, and it was held by the Confederacy during the Civil War. And on the 4th of July on 1865, General Joseph Selby stopped and buried the Confederate flag there that had flown over Hmm. his troop. Okay. And the fort was shut down. Okay. It was reactivated a few decades later, though, to ready up troops for World War I. Okay. In 1938, the town acquired it, though, and made it into like a museum and a children's library. So there was still some military personnel there, apparently. There is this popular theory that Mamie Finan had three or four military wives with her. And they came off the military base one day to go have late, a late lunch at the Victory Club, which was the you know, fancy mm-hmm. restaurant in town to sure. go to. And the maitre d' Ignacio seats them, not realizing that the chef has left the building. Mm. And she's a regular, and she's just make us something special, make us something that you know we haven't had before. So Ignacio goes to the kitchen, And he's looking around, he's by himself, and he sees some fried triangles of tortilla. Uh Uh-huh a big round block of Wisconsin cheese. Did this
1: dude invent nachos?
0: What's his name? Ignacio. His nickname was
1: Nacho. Nacho. Come on. All right.
0: He invented the nachos. The
1: end. That was a great episode. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes. Thank you. Good night. I'm going to go make some nachos. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so he melts. He um, He shreds the cheese over these nachos and he doesn't put a pile of chips on a plate. He puts each triangle down lovingly, shreds the, some the, cheese on the top. The way
1: I make nachos in my toaster oven, because who wants an empty nacho when you've got everything floating on the top?
0: Well, I like to do it in layers when uh, I do it. Well, so never, it's still a mound, chef, but yeah. there's like lots going on there. Uh, yeah. So traditionally the way it's made is the, there's a few, you know, a serving of nachos would be nine or 10 chips mm-hmm. with the cheese on top that goes under the salamander. Which is, you know, a flame Mm -hmm. gets it really nice and hot. You take it out, and then it gets a slice of jalapeno each, and that is your.
1: That's your traditional nacho.
0: That is your traditional nacho, not the giant,
1: you know, not Taco Bell's (laughs) giant monstrous thing. thing. Six pounds of sour cream on it.
0: I wonder how many nachos I've eaten in my lifetime. It's my jam. I'm fan uh, of the nachos. How did I?
1: I I hope you know this, and it's not about nachos. This question: How Mm. did the salamander get its name?
0: I assume, it, you know, in my mind, I'd always made it something like the basilisk, you know, because it was. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: makes sense. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's interesting. Fiery salamander. Yeah. It's, I've, I've, you know, I, I used to, when I was doing architecture, I used to design uh, for a company, commercial kitchen hoods. And th- the first time I'd ever seen it, the name written out, it confused the crap out of me. And then I've obviously found out what the, what the actual appliance was, yeah. the, the little mini broiler. Interesting. okay so i should we'll, look it up yeah yeah jack look but i'm that pretty up sure us. that's it it's like yeah just fiery <laughs> <salamander>. jack's <laughs> like our mean? jack's like our post our post podcast reproduction research assistant he just <laughs> he just t- he just messages us after it's this you could have just looked it up
0: um <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so the ladies are blown away of mm. course by these nachos the chef comes back and he he sees them and he's like we've got to put these on the menu and they they're Soon changed from Nacho's especial to just Nachos. Mm. And the the restaurant continues on for a couple of years, but eventually it, it shuts down. Um
1: the Victory Club.
0: I the Victory Club last. is no more um, as of nineteen sixty-one. Okay. But Ignacio Nacho is a very smart man and he's going to cash in on his invention. genius invention. Yeah. And he opens up a restaurant called Nacho. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> but it's still mainly just a texas thing okay it hadn't spread at all really even just beyond that area um, really so
1: this and this is 1960 now
0: yeah so they had they um, a, a, a woman that? in yeah. la okay. had started to to make nachos as well and it was always called nachos mm-hmm. which makes sense but yeah it wasn't really this super super duper far-flung thing hmm. until in 196, sorry, in 1976, there is a company called Rico's Products, and they're fun commercials to look at if you get bored. And they're okay. you know look at these old picture old uh, commercials from Rico's Products. They had also recently acquired the A okay, not the Associated Press, but no. Associated Popcorn, <laughs> which provided the popcorn to all of the movie theaters.
1: Was that really what A was?
0: The A P? No, no. You thinking the grocery store? Yeah. No, it's it's
1: different. Oh, I was going to say they're like there's more history coming out. Okay, who knew? Yeah,
0: <laughs> but I mean, the, this Associated Popcorn was huge. It was really big business. Hmm. And Frank Liberto, who was in charge at Rico's, had some nachos
1: mm-hmm.
0: and developed a new kind of nacho cheese. And this was the liquefied, very easily stored, perhaps rather processed, uh-huh. but. Still delicious, delicious, mm-hmm. delicious. Which cheese one, sauce. Velveeta
1: or Cheese Whiz? For me, no, no. That, that. Oh, he, for that him, I don't it. know
0: which oh. one it was. It was. Oh. I think they made their own. Yeah, but oh, they they claimed, there. you know, it was it was truly an actual aged cheddar that was melted and not okay. just a hydrogenated oil. Got it. That tasted like cheese, um, kind of. Correct. Right. So Rico's products did concession stands for the Texas Rangers at Arlington Stadium in Texas. Okay. And during a Monday night football game. In 1978, Howard Cosell gets his hand on a plate of nachos. So somebody Uh brings in a plate of nachos. It's him and Gifford, Uh uh, Frank Gifford, Gifford. Mm and Cosell can't stop talking about these nachos. (laughs) (laughs) There's some downtime and you know dead air is.
1: I wish I could do a a Cosell Cosell voice.
0: Oh, it would kill me. I would. I do too,
1: but I (laughs) I would, I would attempt it now, but because cause 'cause I would, the only, by the way, the only way I could do it is to, is to imagine the, Asian actors from back to the from uh, uh Better Off Dead racing Lane Meyer when they pull yes. up and all they know is Howard Cosell that I so saw imitate them imitating Howard Cosell to get close I
0: forgot about that part. The I best I, part of the movie. Oh, there's a lot of good parts. Now my favorite part Lane of the movie is Meyer. when um, is when he's working in the burger place and all the burger stuff comes to life.
1: Uh-huh. van huh
0: With Van Halen. Mm-hmm. yeah that's gonna. <laughs> anyway,
1: that is that is a great part too. Everybody just,
0: go rent better off dead a, and send I, oh, me rent. $2. Who
1: doesn't own it?
0: $2. $2.
1: Didn't ask for a dime.
0: <laughs> $2. Uh, so Howard Cosell can't stop. <laughs> yeah, but about these nachos. And he even starts saying things like, that was a nacho play, or that run was really nachos. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And it's not just for this one game. This is it. It goes on for weeks. Got now it. he's not even eating nachos um, during a, a broadcast. He's just, he's just, like,
1: he's just, he's just, this is his new adjective now.
0: Man, he's like, Frank, what? remember those nachos? <laughs> God, <laughs> those nachos were success. so good. So now the rest of the country is like, wow, we Guess we, we gotta need try to nachos. get our hands on these, these nachos. Uh, so because of that Rico's products is able to install all of these nachos, you know, why you wouldn't, why would you eat nachos at a movie that always bothered me? It's like, I don't want to get my fingers so Mm. cheesy and gross at the movies. It's what are you going to wipe your hands on napkins? I guess, (laughs) but my, 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 my lap is already full of popcorn and milk duds. I don't know. It just never, never made the most sense to me. Not to say that I didn't get them. Right. you know, no, we were well, very if much. The, a, if you have
1: the little contained cup of cheese, you can do it. You know, you can usually just get your thumb and your and your index no, finger. I get. It. It. I used and to eat things,
0: them in yeah. my car all the time while I was driving. Well,
1: okay, if you're um, there, but, but not, the, a movie but not the movies. The, no. where else you're going to be sloppy? It's the best place to be sloppy. The lights are off. Mm.
0: I don't know. Nobody's going to see right. you
1: wipe your hands on your shirt.
0: <laughs> After I leave the movie, they'll be like, was she groped by some sort of <laughs> Cheeto man? What the hell It's so weird. Uh, no, my mom and I, I, was, I played a lot of um, sports in high school, and my mm-hmm. mom was constantly picking me up and dropping me off. Every time she picked me up from soccer practice, we would stop at Taco Bell mm-hmm. and get the nachos. back then the nachos, it was a, a little cardboard box mm-hmm. and there was nothing on the chips. Right. It was just a little tub of cheese. That, and that was, I, the, the ratio was perfect.
1: Exactly. There was, the, yes, that's, uh, that's, that's my, co- I remember college getting the nachos mm-hmm. that that was like daily. Bert, Bert, oh, I, and,
0: literally every yeah. single day and we did this until uh the girl who worked the drive-through uh-huh. we we're pulling out and she says see you tomorrow michelle I like
1: <laughs> i can never eat nachos again we gotta we gotta move to a different town at this point
0: <laughs> and i wish i could say that's the only time that's ever happened to me at a fast food restaurant but it's not <laughs> yes so that's why we learned how to cook yeah. um <laughs> can right never order so <laughs> These nachos are incredibly, incredibly popular. Um, nacho dies in 1975. Okay. But he had lived to see nachos just really super-duper take off. And his whole family still really celebrates nachos. They have a nacho festival every year where wow. his sons will help to guest um. Did this, guest bring his,
1: did this bring his family great wealth, I hope, from this this one improv no. little thing? Yeah, okay. I mean, I... No. I I'm i not that anybody shouldn't be rewarded but you know uh, hold on so i do have to ask a question because i was telling i was telling my wife the other day that the the one of my favorite parts about your stories is that i don't know who the kitchen god is until usually like 35 minutes in so Uh (laughs) so (laughs) is nacho the kitchen god or is this going to be somebody else
0: Nacho is, well, we have two, so oh, this, is, this okay. is an appetizer. It's like two appetizers no pun, that we're making right. a meal out of got it. I gotcha. uh, okay. Nacho is our first kitchen guy because he invented them. Okay. Um, Frank Liberto is not our kitchen God, but he's kind of a business God because he's the one who capitalized on getting nachos to the public and then okay. also making them in a way that could be scalable. I so see. You could, you could sell them in a stadium. a larger plate. Them...
1: Oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> Bigger box.
0: Um, yeah, our second kitchen god uh-huh. is related because what do we love to eat with nachos so much? But guacamole. Mm. Are you a guacamole fan?
1: I I am now. There Are was you a an lo- avocado toaster. I was it. I was a. So I was not until I started spending an exorbitant amount of time in West Hollywood, and that became. Um, mm-hmm. And I was laughed at for for not liking it, and so then I. And uh, quite frankly, avocados and avocado toast and guacamole taste far different on the West Coast than it does here. Um, why is that? On... Huh?
0: Why? Is the it's same avocados? It...
1: No. <laughs> better not be. It tastes better out there. I don't know why. Is it? Well, that they... makes
0: sense. But... Yeah. Yeah. Our avocados come from California, Mexico primarily. Maybe but what's the, kind of amazing about avocados, avocados and pears mm-hmm. don't ripen on the tree. Okay. You pick them, and then they will ripen over the next like bananas too week or so. Uh, correct, yeah. Bananas are often picked green as mm-hmm. well. Um, avocados need ethylene; they they release ethylene, okay. and then if you expose them to more ethylene, they will ripen ripen faster. Mm-hmm. What's nice about avocados taking so long to ripen is that you can ship them from the west coast to the East coast. Mm. And by the time they get here, it's like they're ready to, to go out and be okay. sold. But yeah. So the, the avocados that we eat primarily today are the Hass avocados. Okay. Uh, Rudolph Hass is our second kitchen God because he invented the Hass avocado.
1: Oh, nice. Um, how do you invent an avocado? I'll tell you how. Oh, I was so. hoping you would <laughs> settle. <laughs>
0: Rudolph was born in sunny Milwaukee okay. in 1892.
1: Never heard referred to as sunny Milwaukee.
0: No, I don't think anybody <laughs> has. Uh, Rudy went on to school. Um, he was in school until the 10th grade. Okay. And then he quit to start working by the by 15 years old. Okay. So this is kind of yeah. de rigueur at the time. This is normal. Uh, he met his wife, Elizabeth, at church, and they got married about a year later, and they packed up to move to Pasadena, California. Okay. And in Pasadena, he's like, wow, I've never had guacamole so good. So exactly, right? That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I um, like this guy. <laughs> he, <laughs> he was a door-to-door salesman, huh. and he would sell ties and socks okay. door-to-door.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Eventually, he moved on to selling Maytag washing machines. I hope not door-to-door, not like schlepping these things door-to-door. But this,
1: those little models.
0: <laughs> yeah here's a minute mm-hmm. yeah trust me it works um uh, so he did that door-to-door for a while in 1925 he became a mail carrier okay so he's a mailman he's making 25 cents an hour mm-hmm. and back then they didn't have the little jeeps you know it wasn't it wasn't mostly car routes it was you had the the bag they didn't even have the granny carts that you know just that they use a the big now.
1: bag and you haul it walking oh
0: man what a nightmare so they would yeah you would just sling this huge heavy bag over your shoulders walk around the entire day delivering mail mm-hmm. rain sleet snow um and he, he did that for 10 years before he got one of the few car routes that were available hmm. and he only got that because he was having some heart issues so mm. he's a mailman and they're chugging along and he sees an ad in a magazine that has this picture of an avocado tree with dollar bills hanging off of it. Mm. And they're like, this is the ultimate moneymaker. Avocados are one of the few things that you know, you can really charge a lot for and people will pay a lot for them. Hmm. Um, they were about a dollar a piece back then, okay, which was a, a huge yeah. fortune. That was as much as you would spend on food for a family of four for the day. Hmm. So avocados were kind of rare and, uh, or, you know, they were just harder to get your hands on and, but still absolutely beloved, but really only the rich people were, were eating them. The variety that they were eating was the fuerte. It's a lighter green. I'm sure you've seen them. It looks like a giant, you know, rounder avocado. Uh, It's a lighter green. It's smooth. It's not bumpy at all. And it has like freckles all over it.
1: Okay. Um, Not not bringing a bell, but yeah.
0: They're higher in fat and they're called fuerte cause that means strong in Spanish mm-hmm. and they're called strong because they can, they're, they're better at surviving the elements.
1: I see. Okay. So
0: they can get really cold. Most avocados. If it gets too hot, they die off. If it gets too cold, they die off. So it's very,
1: Got it. very, fickle. They're very
0: temperamental. Um, exactly. He invests his life savings and gets a loan from his sister. And he is going to make a little avocado farm of his own. Okay. He gets a little over an acre.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, avocados have been around since the, since the Senzoic era. <laughs> avocados <laughs> have been around since the Senzoic era.
1: <laughs> what is the Senzoic era?
0: <laughs> it was a long time ago. Okay, good. Um,
1: see yeah, anything, that's, anything that's an era. Um, it has an era. A long
0: time ago. This is the Senzoic era. It's like the, the disco era, yeah. but lower.
1: except not
0: they had giant ground sloths and <laughs> giant mammoths and Rode they, they all ate <laughs> they ate avocados so they would eat the avocado and then they would go on these long journeys these giant migration walks and they would poop out these avocado seeds and that would make different varieties of avocados because reacting sloths. to the environment and getting cross-pollinated. Yes, right. the ground sloths. Right. Got it. Um, although sure. they were, they people were eating them back then as well. In 750 BC, they found Incan mummies hmm. that had avocado pits buried with them. Okay. And we know that by at least 500 BC, Aztecs were cultivating them, so that they would have fields of avocados. Okay. They were. Loving their avocados, um, so now it's 1926, and Rudolph has this bee in his bonnet that he's going to grow some avocados of mm-hmm. his own. He's done some botany homework, you know, just picking it up as sort of a, a hobby. Sure, uh, but he hires somebody else to do this grafting. And I know we've talked about grafting.
1: grafting yeah, a Johnny lot. Appleseed would have hated him.
0: Who knew how much you were going to learn about grafting? Who
1: knew how much I was going to learn about anything? This is this is. <laughs> I, I I feel like I'm getting. A, a re-education of cultural and, and scientific history with you.
0: Who knew? It's all, I I'm making it all up. The only reason um, I do
1: this is I can get a, I can get a degree now. <laughs> <laughs> raise my station um, in life. Well,
0: so the, the Fuerta trees were really expensive. Okay. And by grafting he didn't have to buy as many Fuerta trees. He could just buy a couple rando avocado trees that were uh-huh. super basic and then graft on the buds from the Fuerta trees to, to grow them. So it's all these trees. And for the most part, they have great luck. They're able to make Fuerta trees out of all of these other avocado trees that were lesser. Mm. Uh, but there are about three, three or four trees that don't, don't fare so well. So the guy he has grafting for him tries it again. And now two of the three, they're fine. They're going to make it as, as little baby Fuerta trees. Uh, The third one, it's not working. Okay. Like, should we throw it away? We should just rip this out of the ground. Mm -hmm. What do we do? All right, you know what? This isn't going to work, but let's just leave it there. What harm could it possibly do? Mm -hmm. When the sapling is just 14 inches tall, so just a little over a foot, it's a half inch thick, it's already producing little tiny baby avocados the size of walnuts, which is really, really rare. Usually it would take a... (laughs) I'm very cute. And (laughs) slightly... Anyway, <laughs> like a little, he has this tree and he, he takes a picture with it uh, where he's lying under it, like pointing at the leaves and stuff. And uh-huh. his son is, has had that made into a big painting, which hangs over their mantle. Such oh. sure very cute, but uh, it's fascinating because trees don't produce fruit that quickly. And until none of now. the other trees were producing fruit yet. Yeah. Okay. Until now. So it's not something you would really want to eat. It wasn't, right. you know.
1: Not grown yet, but still.
0: So within two to three years, though, this tree is producing, all of my research said, a surprising amount of fruit. What does that mean? Well, <laughs> like, it's, ah! <laughs> it's too much fruit. Oh, my yeah. God.
1: It's just, <laughs> it yeah, it, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a little bit more than expected. Mm-hmm. A lot more than average. Surprising. Yes, surprising is the next.
0: Yeah. Not an alarming amount.
1: No, no, you don't Concerning, want to see an alarming amount of fruit, right? No, Concerning. A terrifying,
0: it. terrifying, it's terrifying terrifying,
1: event, amount, terrifying a fruit.
0: amount of fruit. <laughs> There's a lot of freaking fruit yes. coming off this tree. Uh, but still, they they look weird. Okay. They look like these little crocodile eggs mm. there, and they're dark. Mm. And, you know, later on as marketing, people are going to be like, no one wants to eat this fruit. It looks like it's spoiled. It looks like it's already bruised. Nobody's okay. going to want to buy this. So, you know. You're out of luck. Uh, but his kids crack one open and like, this is delicious. Hmm. This is the best avocado we ever had. We should
1: this. is what we should do be this. selling. Yeah.
0: Let's propagate this. The avocados are delicious. He starts to bring them to the post office and mm-hmm. the other postmen are, are trying them just as friends. And then they offer to buy them. And suddenly he can't keep up with the demand anymore.
1: Not even with a surprising just- amount of fruit.
0: No, not even with a surprising amount of fruit. Okay. So they plant more of these trees, and they open up a farm stand um, right next to their their little acre and a half. And because he's created this new species, he can patent it. Hmm. Patenting fauna was new okay. at this time, so it's kind of like you know, I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy New York. It's like you can't buy New York; that's not for sale. But right. whoever's buying it thinks that they've really bought it. Yeah. And anyway, the patent didn't really work because people thought that was ridiculous. If I can go to to the farm stand and buy an avocado and get one of these avocado pits, I can plant that pit. Yeah. You can't tell me I can't right plant that pit. There are no Monsanto right. teams of lawyers <laughs> that would go right. out on mass, which, you know, as we know they do now. now yeah. He only made about $5,000 off of this patent. Huh. And it's so sad because these avocados make up, the majority of what we eat today, wow. Americans eat about seven pounds a year of avocados.
1: Wow. Each. I'm just making Each. Sure. Yeah. I'm just making- he,
0: his patent was only good for 14 years and a month after the patent expires, he dies Okay, of a heart attack, oh. which is surprising because avocados are incredibly heart healthy. Yeah. It's one of the, you know, and brain healthy because they have the, the, the fat that they have is so good for you. They're loaded with, uh, super healthy monounsaturated fats and MCTs. If anyone who's done keto, it's uh, medium chain triglycerides, which mm. are, are great for your, your numbers. They're loaded with copper, iron, folate, more potassium than bananas, hmm. B5, vitamin C, vitamin K, iron fiber. It's, wow. these are like, like powerhouses, super yeah. total superfood. Yeah. And so when Cortez, you know, discovers them in South America, it's like, this is warrior food, you right. know, and this is going to power us and, and brings them back to Europe. And that's how they kind of spread from there. Mm. These avocados are incredibly, incredibly popular. And the family is still, still exists today. Um, but just like Nacho's family, I feel like they didn't get their just, you know. Just
1: yeah. I, you know, this is, yeah. it's interesting. So, so you've got, you've got two creators of just staples. Mm -hmm. staples there's no good way to protect it like once the cat's out of the bag it's pretty it's 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 pretty hard to Mm -hmm. you know it's pretty hard to capitalize on i guess but
0: for a while he did have the only operating has avocado farm
1: for six minutes
0: for a year or two yeah. before before else jumped on that yeah, bandwagon,
1: planted them by just throwing them in the backyard. But exactly. Oh. Uh,
0: but it's crazy. Avocados are such such big business, and yeah. they're very they are still very delicate. If there's a drought, that's when our avocados are four bucks a piece. Hmm. If it's a very mild summer, then all the avocados are $1 a dollar.
1: Do they mostly come from Mexico now? Ben, yeah, Me- pre- yeah predominantly
0: okay. mexico okay. a lot from california as well but okay. yeah we, we get most of them from mexico Got it. um and a lot of times they uh so when you you're avocado right or when you're avocado shopping the yes. way you want to see if it is ripe or you know right. going to be ripe soon yeah. first thing you do is, is squeeze it mm-hmm. it should be fairly firm but mm-hmm. not like a rock and then you know the little wooden nubby thing mm-hmm. at the stem uh if it, it you want to look for one that's still there and if you Pop it off; it should come off fairly easily, and the the flesh underneath should look somewhat hydrated. It shouldn't look like a dried, dried. out little belly button.
1: And then you're good to go.
0: It. You're good to go. Um, but if you are buying it on Monday to serve on Saturday or Sunday, then you want to look for the one that's super, super hard. And mm. if you need to ripen it very quickly, then what you do is put it into a brown paper bag with a tomato, and the tomato is going to produce enough ethylene to make this ripen like super fast. You that's need to check it every couple hours.
1: Wow, every couple hours. Yeah,
0: it goes fast. Avocados have that like beautiful moment <laughs> that's Whoa. over so quickly before they go break. Yeah, I mean, a
1: week to a couple of hours, depending on whether you got a tomato in the bag to ripen. That's pretty crazy. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's really fast.
1: That's a good really one. I'll, 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 my, my Donna buys a lot of avocado salted. You know, I'm going to make nachos when we're done recording this. Just so you know,
0: I got chips today. Cause I knew
1: <laughs> I have a bag of Tostitos in the other room. I'm going to I have some, we have a block of cheddar and I think I'm going to just. grate Some on there.
0: Yo, I sriracha. made, um, some pulled pork mm-hmm. in my instant pot where I use mm-hmm. the pressure cooker. So you can make really beautiful pulled pork within an hour. I did that, um, with the divash instagram uh tv thing
1: oh a oh, week good good
0: so if anybody wants to see that you can go to the devosh which is d-v-a-s-h and they have it on their instagram tv button you can see how we made that we had some technical difficulty which was really funny actually but um yeah we did some pulled pork yeah, yeah and so the, i had all of this meat left over so that night we had a giant plate of nachos with pulled pork all over the top that of it sounds so <gasps> good oh uh, yeah. that's perfect yeah so yeah rudolph rudolph and nacho rudy and nacho there yeah. are uh, i think that would be a great name for a food truck rudy
1: and nacho yeah, yeah nacho That.
0: So rudy's can... wife lived until she was 98 wow Just talking about the testament of avocados
1: yeah well i mean if you know he died at you know, know. 50 yeah i was gonna say let's let's, <laughs> a, let's average that out there <laughs> before didn't we choke start. on a pit yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So those are those are our
0: two kitchen gods for this week. It's very much a snack based.
1: Yes, I love it.
0: Delicious and everyone's
1: inspired.
0: Yeah, and um, make your own nachos. (laughs) So thank you everybody for listening and all of your support. Um, As I mentioned before, t-shirts are coming out soon. I've ordered some samples because I want to make sure that they look okay before I start shilling.
1: Michelle Dahl original artwork, by the way.
0: It is. That was fun. They're a lot of little silly, cute <clears throat> illustrations. I was some very excited to see them. Um, Jackson has promised to send me some uh, food, more food related puns that have a kitchen God kind of theme. If anybody else comes up with some, send nice. it to me. I'm happy to make little illustrations and put them on some t-shirts. So that is a fun way to support the podcast yeah. and also liking, commenting, and subscribing.
1: Great ways to do it.
0: Excellent. Uh, and we will see you all in two weeks.
1: Have a good Labor Day.
0: Have a great Labor Day, everybody. A really good a, Labor Day. Yeah, not just Wash a, good your one, hands. a great one. A great one.
1: Yeah. Enjoy. <laughs> All right, Michelle. All right, thanks. Thank you.
0: Bye, Ken. Bye. Bye.